0: Welcome to Gamers Lounge number 158. In this episode, I am very lucky to be joined by a uh, guest. Um, we went ahead and dialed in, and hopefully, the audio came out smoothly because we had to play a couple times with it. I'm actually joined by the uh, designer, the writer, the creator of. Black Rose Wars, uh, Marco Montanaro, Um, he was actually calling from Europe, and uh, we were able to get in and get a good hour conversation in, so I was very excited to do this interview, Uh, was awesome to get him on, Black Rose Wars, as many of you, the listener, know, is a game that I've been playing a fair bit lately, and uh, really getting into, hopefully many of you have gone out to pick it up, and, you know, I had posted that. I was going to be doing the interview and, uh, gathered a couple of questions. I think I got through most of them. I didn't really get into the Kickstarter questions, uh, simply because at the end of the day, Marco is the designer, but Ludus Magnus as is, the actual company that's handling the Kickstarter. So, um, you know, in some of the pre-discussion, I didn't really think he was going to have all the, all the answers to those very specific Kickstarter questions. Uh, so, with that said, let us jump in, and I hope you enjoy this interview. Hello. Today, I am uh, lucky to be joined by, uh, and I hope I say this right, Marco Montero. Did I get that Yes. Montero. It's okay. I, it, yeah. It, it, and that's the problem with not being Italian is I don't get that cool Italian, you know, flair at the end. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Marco?
1: Oh, everything is fine. Everything's fine. Thank you very much.
0: Absolutely. So thank you for joining me on the uh, on the Gamer's Lounge. And I uh, wanted to get a hold of you today because you are the, uh, the brains and the design power behind one of the games that my gaming group and the listeners of the podcast have really been enjoying lately, which is Black Rose Wars. Yeah. And uh, we were all early, well, many, many of us were early... Kickstarter, uh, you know, uh, backers. Uh, we got it in the first wave because we couldn't wait for our game. We didn't want to wait for the full package. And, uh, and you know, it's, uh, I got to say, the game has been making the rounds in my gaming group uh, quite, quite a lot. And people are very, uh, having a whole lot of fun with it. Yeah,
1: I'm super happy about that. I'm
0: so, so uh, Marco, why don't you, uh, if you could, Give me and give the listener a little bit of a background of, you know, sort of what have you done in game design and how did you get involved? Like, what's your background?
1: So, well, my background is not of a game designer, okay? So let's say that uh, I played a lot of board games in the past. I'm a super video gamer. I'm a role-playing uh, gamer, you know, Dungeons and Dragons and stuff, and uh, so many years doing that, and then at some point during one dinner, one of my friends said uh, uh, why don't we develop a board game? I was like, oh my god that's a great idea, and then four years after I woke up of this you know, <laughs> out of this sentence, like oh fuck, I have a game <laughs> uh, and uh, but yeah, that's how it started, like uh, what, what should be the game about and it was like everything started from uh, uh, an idea that was like an event of my campaign of Dungeons & Dragons, where the mages of this uh, Black Rose Lodge, uh, after a really bad discussion, started this fight. After that, you know, uh, many years of playtesting, many years of decision, and then the Ludus Magnus Studio, Black Rose Wars, came out, as you see it now, so in the universe of Nova Etas.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. So, So... Tell me about the links to Nova Atis. Was that something that the Ludus Magnus guys were like, hey, could you fit things into this world because we already have it? Or Yes.
1: It was exactly like that. So uh, we we started the discussion about the game, and then they asked me, like, uh, would you mind to make the game different to fit inside the Nova Aetas world? I was like, "Yeah, why not?"
0: <laughs> well, it and it works, right? It uh, it kind of fits uh, nicely into that Renaissance period. Yeah, it fits. So that's excellent. Now, how much, uh, how difficult was it? Like, what what things did you have to change to to make that work? So,
1: uh, since the beginning, right? So, when you make a board game, it's super hard because you need to have a real objective, and if you're not a professional. Board game designer, it kind of you reinvent yourself for every time. So usually, uh, I mean, when I started, I just started with you know pen and paper. That's how everybody starts. Mm-hmm. And then when you see that the idea is working, uh, I kind of paid some designers to work for me for the prototypes, and we built the first prototype miniatures, the first cards, the first you know um, illustration of the game. After that, when I went to Ludus Magnus Studios, we reworked everything. But we started with the mages and everything from the uh, Dungeon and Dragons campaign. So it was kind of it. Kind of beginning had a flavor of Dungeon and Dragons, uh, and then it became what uh, um, you know it fitted in the Nova Novaetas universe. So this with this artifact, which is an intelligent artifact, which is literally a technological artifact that is giving magic. To the mages, but in the end, it's an artifact which is a tech, an old technology.
0: Now, so you just touched on, I think one of the one of the areas that I know I find incredibly innovative in the game, which is the black rose can literally kick our asses. Yeah, and you know we've had a couple of games where where the Black Rose has been very close to winning. Uh, I've had one game that uh, we played a Chrono expansion game where the Black Rose or more likely Chrono won definitively. Um, you know that's a bit different from sort of the normal you know other games. I should say a lot of games yeah. have an AI deck or a bad guy, but this is something where we're all competing. And then the game is still competing against us really effectively.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, you know, the idea The idea of that was, okay, so the games, I, I wanted to make a competitive game because I love competitive game. I love competition. You know, we're playing to win. Uh, but I kind of uh, love the fact that uh, there is someone behind the scene that is driving the game. And if you're competing too much in the wrong way, so not making real points, but just trying to, you know, uh, get... On the way of the other players, well, someone else is winning. And imagine what is the artifact that is trying to choose who is the best mage. So it's like the artifact will say, "You're not ready for that. You can go back to be what you are because you're not ready to get my power." Nice. And I kind of, I kind of love this flavor, right? So that's. And if you saw the black rose, is is good and bad? It's not always bad. From time to time, it's giving advantages to the mage. But if you don't use them. You kind of lose an opportunity.
0: Yeah, absolutely excellent. I mean, I want to applaud you for for that level of the design because it's uh, it is one that I, I think everybody that's played it comes in and they don't know what to expect, and then um, inevitably, you know, two turns into the game, everybody's like, "Wait, we're all losing."
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and someone starts complaining, right? <laughs> Usually it's the debinator. I told you,
0: I knew it. <laughs> oh, no, see, I, almost every game we have a Conspiracy Mage, and yeah. everybody turns on them awfully quick. They're like, you were obviously helping the Rares. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind
1: of the flavor. You know, the Conspiracy deck is one of the last one that I built. So it's the one that uh, is catching everything that was uh, you know, already tailored to the game, and uh, I felt that someone, something was missing and conspiracy came out of that. Really? And it's like, yeah, it's like the last school that I've made of Black Rose Wars.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. That's a, th- that is, that is kind of interesting. I'm going to have to look at that well, closer. Besides,
1: be- besides the expansions and everything else. Right. Making, speaking, speaking about the base game.
0: <laughs> so, so when you play, what is your mm-hmm. preference from a mix of schools and magic? So, out
1: of the base game, uh, I love to play Divination and Conspiracy together uh, because I feel that they mix together super well. And uh, from time to time, I like to play uh, transmutation and destruction, destroying the rooms because <laughs> I love that as well. You know, there is some spell of destruction that are just too good to destroy the rooms. And with transmutation mixed with the altar, it seems that you're playing by yourself. But in the end, you're making a lot of points at the end of the game. So it, the peop- the player needs to be careful. Your opponents need to be really careful.
0: Right. Right. So. Let's talk a little bit about sort of um, melee, right? Uh, (laughs) You know, there's, you have the evocations, which tend to be very melee focused. Yeah. And then you have some of the melee builds. Transmutation is one of the big ones where there's, you know, a real focus on move and punch and being able to, you know, to move in and um, Medusa is a good example out of the Chrono expansion Mm -hmm. who has a fair amount of melee. Was that, uh, was did you have any specific goals there? Like, was that supposed to be a high skill cap type of build that uh, that takes more work but is really effective when you when you master it? The melee of uh, transmutation. If
1: uh, there is a bunch of players on the board, or you feel there is a bunch of uh, people that is aiming for killing, it's super powerful because you can understand this is piling up. Uh, differently from any other school, uh, all the powers that you have with the melee uh, spells, they're uh-huh. piling up. So you have the three damage, and then you're an abomination, and then you make area damage. And then you can place stability as well when you attack. So it's piling up, and it's the only strategy of the game that makes you do that. Okay. So that's... That's where transmutation is a little bit different than the other, but I agree with you, it's pretty hard to play if you're playing with the, you know, deceptive mage that are kind of moving a lot or they're super far away from the battle. So it's not the best strategy if you're doing that.
0: Well, in the game scales so interestingly uh, in changes as you get more or less players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, changes completely. How did that come out in the playtesting? In the
1: playtesting, you know, I played a lot in uh, all, the, all the type of players because every time I was playtesting, I was involving, you know, the same playtesters and they had different, you know, time, time frames. So I played a lot in two players. Um, I would say that four, five and six, I played really a lot. Three is probably the, you know, the number that I played the least. <laughs> okay. if I need to if I need to judge and I uh, need to tell you. Uh, but uh, it's changed the game completely because the more players that there are in the game, uh, the less amount of uh, objectives you can do because, you know, there is a bunch of ways of making points right. in Black Rose. And you cannot do all of them if there is a lot of players because you're competing with everybody. So it's better if you try to focus on something. But the more the player decreases. The more objective you need to try to achieve uh, with the, in the minimum with two players, you need to do everything. You need to do quests, you need to kill your opponent, you need to destroy the room and you need to make points with your deck if you want to win. While in, players, in a matches with uh, more than uh, you know, the three, four players, you need to focus on something, otherwise you're not getting points from anything.
0: Well, and we've really found that destruction um, just scales. You know, destruction at a low level with with three players, and even almost at four players, is uh, you know not the not the most strong. You really have to work to get the most out of it. Yes. Yet at five and six, the destruction mage is just like you know Nero is just stomping around like it's nobody's business. <laughs> And you need to take care of that, right? And that's that's where I heard about,
1: about you know the reviews of the game and people speaking about strategy. Black Rose is a strategy game. You don't need to go in the direction that you want. You need to go in the direction that uh, the situation brings you in.
0: Yeah, okay. So I, I think I saw a similar review to what you, you saw. There was somebody on BGG uh, who had posted and said, you know, is, is Destruction the most powerful school? Why play anything else? And I have to admit, my group was kind of laughing, because we were like, you know, in our group, the guy who mastered destroying rooms, like, definitively wins the game. It is hard to stop. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of transmutation, dist- transmutation, destruction, and necromancy, and he just focuses on blowing rooms up.
1: It's interesting, right? Because uh, I mean, I will never pick necromancy if I want to destroy the rooms because it's kind of a clutter. And I need to be, I need to be careful because if I know that uh, I'm showing too much that I want to destroy the room, I know that some, somebody might take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I, I, you know, when I start playtesting the the game, I see that was kind of the flavor of the game. Um, I'm giving you the example of the the Divination, for instance, right? The, The Altars. The altar strategy, it's a very specific one, but at some point, when you get super strong with others, because as soon as you got three altars, people is not really interesting in wasting four points of damage to destroy one of your altars, right? right? And and you start making a lot of points. I mean, when you start making six, nine points per turn, because you can with three spells, you know, it's really affordable to do that. Uh, people start to- taking a look at what you do and they need to take advantage of your strategy and they actually can. So that's where I said, okay, that's where I want my game to be. Not that you have your own strategy, strategy because you decided that you want to play destruction in this match, is not really working. Probably not going to win the game. You need to play what is best for that match with those players, how they play, and the situation of each turn, also using the black rose. So -hmm. that's why every match for me is still different. You know, after so many years for me of playing, if I play with different players, I got different experiences.
0: Okay, I can see that. I can see that. So... Let's talk about Chrono for a minute. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what what was the idea behind the the Chrono expansion?
1: So I, I that's that's one of the thing that came uh, thanks to the Ludus Manus, right? Uh, because the guy said uh, uh, we want something that it's uh, semi cooperative uh, or cooperative. We want to uh, the mage to compete against something while they compete with each other. It's like, yeah, yes, that's a great idea. Let me work on that, and we decided to play this. Uh, uh, artificial intelligence mm-hmm. that works with the black rose. Okay, so but I wanted it to be mean, you know. And the chrono is kind of a <laughs> clock, right? It turns and destroys, turns and destroys. You and, mastered uh, that.
0: You mastered that very well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's hard. I, I mean, it's hard to beat. I mean, I played when I'm pl- when I was playing chrono. I, I also when I'm playing with different people, you don't win so often. Uh, because because you need to cooperate and it's a very competitive game, so nobody feels the urge of cooperating, and I think that uh, you know the competition becomes double times bigger because it's like okay, you need to help me as like, like no, I'm not gonna help you. I don't have time. I have my stuff to do. <laughs> but if we don't beat Chrono, it's gonna beat us. Like I don't really don't care, you know. And that's where I think it requires a little bit more experience of the game Chrono to play with, uh, but it. It really adds something different to the game. It's a different for me. It's a little bit different game.
0: Now, here was something that really surprised us. Um, we I, we found, and, and let me know if this is an interpretation, sort of the the interpretation of the rules, where we may have gotten this wrong, or if this was part of the intention. Chrono fills his entire hex of the of the punishment room. So even though the punishment room, the five hexes are one big room, he fills that entire hex. We read that as meaning our evocations can't fight him because they can't get into the space with him. And the, the melee build also can't fight him.
1: You uh, know, it's kind of it's written in the rules uh, that uh, all the range zero effect. Uh, if you are in the same room with Chrono, you can affect him. So uh, it's like it's cool. okay. Uh, yes, oh, otherwise it's impossible to kill well, because you need evocations. Uh,
0: yeah, well, we ran into that. We, um, in fact, it, and it happened to be me. I, you know, I took a uh, a build which was very evocation heavy. I, first turn, got three vocations up on the board, was feeling really happy with myself, and then Mm -hmm. one of my buddies was like, but they can't even hit Chrono. And I'm like, well, you guys are kind of screwed then, because i got nothing else to hit. (laughs) (laughs) But if you think about uh, uh,
1: Medusa, Medusa is uh, the equipment, right, which is uh, a special evocation, should help you beat Chrono. So Medusa is kind of tailored to win chrono Fester.
0: So that was actually going to be one of the other questions one of uh, my gaming group was like ask Marco this because that was confusing to us that one entire build of the myth kind of gets It looked like it was negated by chrono but we were just okay. So anybody in that five in the in the four hexes around it can still attack him on on range 0. Yes, exactly. That Uh, was
1: kind of a hard rule that we needed to add, right? I mean, there was a bunch of discussions back in the days. I know it's uh, hard rules are not the best when you're making board games, but it it, it ended up like that.
0: Right, right. Well, and then, of course, there's always the translation, right? So, always things don't translate perfectly, and then... you know, we have we have one guy in our gaming group who sort of has the feel, doesn't speak Italian at all, but nine times out of ten, he reads the translation and is like, no, no, I think I got this. Hmm. <laughs> and that, that's something
1: that I, we got a lot of complaints, and this is something that I want to apologize to, you know, to everybody. But Baker, Because we We ask it I mean I speak English I'm not perfect uh, With that And I definitely Cannot write an essay In English To be proper uh, But the thing is We ask it people To double check The stuff for us And something slipped right. So And also the manuals Of the spell uh, It kind of came out with the wrong version, unfortunately. Uh, there was a huge discussion with the Chinese company that uh, produced the game, but it came out like it came out. You know, with the reviews written, it should be written like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, I'm, I'm with you. So let's talk movement. Movement yeah. is so restricted, right? It's It's probably the most valuable commodity in Black Rose War. Yeah, yes. Is there any schools coming up that are going to take advantage of or focus on movement. Uh, it's uh, they, they. There is a. I
1: mean, there is a bunch of schools that take advantage of movement. I mean, uh, for me, Conspiration with the door, with the magic door, is one that is moving the best. Um, in the other expansions, uh, I need to think. But there is the um, the school of uh, um, um, the school of. of Ah, geez, I don't remember the school with the equipments. <laughs> I, kind, I kind of lost now, but I mean, uh, there's some schools that are focused a lot of movements, but it's still on melee as well in a different way. Okay. So, yeah. So I know movement is super important and it's super powerful. And that's why for me, you mentioned destruction, right? Destruction is a positional mage. If you screw up your position, you screwed up your turn.
0: Right, right. Now, when you get new players into the game, what do you give them? Like, what do you what do you think the best uh, the best school or the best mix for new players is?
1: So new players in the game for me really makes uh, um, necromancy working. I really saw uh, people playing playing necromancers really easy because necromancer. I don't know what happened with necromancy. Probably I got super inspired. It was one of the first school that I made of the game, and it came out perfect. It's probably the school with less reviews that I ever did, and uh, it flows. I don't know what happens, super like, you know, like a real oiled motor, it goes yep, <laughs> super yep. easy. So I would say that Necroman, because it does a little bit of everything in a really good way, and the evocations are strong if you play them right. Because that's the other thing. But I think I would suggest for new players to play necromancy and also destruction, because destruction is straightforward, and it's the strategy is very clear, which is try to get closer and kill your opponents.
0: <laughs> well, in necromancy, has such a great. Uh, it's funny. You go going back to one of the earlier comments. You said you wouldn't have seen necromancy in the rim destruction, and the way my buddy plays that. He focuses on the transmutation and destruction to destroy rooms, but then he watches, and he uses, like, he'll dig through the necromancy deck for the conversion. Ah, uh, yeah. And then he'll just jump in, he'll be like, oh, he's almost dead, let me get one point off of him.
1: Uh, that's, that's the good thing about necromancy, That it has, I mean, each of the school, probably you notice that they have two main strategies. Uh-huh. So one of the one of the strategy of necromancy is getting advantage of the other players, stealing them points, converting damage, dealing direct damage, and this matches perfectly with destruction. They kind of the same stuff in a different way.
0: Right. Right. Okay. I got you. So what? Um. Let me, th- let me see. I got. I, I wanted to take a look because there was. uh I had a couple of questions sent in with uh, mm-hmm. people knowing that I was going to be talking to you. So, um ah, so one of the questions was just about you and you talked about this a little bit, but can you go into more depth the thematic idea behind Black Rose Wars? You said it was yeah. a a fight in your D&D game. Can you give a little more yeah. detail about that?
1: Yeah, so uh, in my adventure, okay, the um, the the players that were these adventures arrived in this Black Rose going through time, and they kind of screwed up between the mage because they created some uh, um, some interaction between the mages, thanks to the Black Rose, because the Black Rose was a from uh, magnet artifact in their campaign that they needed to try to recompose. So going back in time, they kind of told the mages what is going to happen, they're going to betray each other. So that's us say, I want to make a game out of this event, the game that find out that they need to fight to get the Black Rose before anybody else betrays uh, you know oh, anyone else. Okay. And that's that's where it started the game. Uh, then it changed because uh, I decided with the Ludus Magnus that the Black Rose is this intelligent artifact that is uh, giving the magic um, to the world. And only the Black Rose Lodge, that are these guys that collected it and then mastered it and developed the spells out of this energy flow coming from the Black Rose, um, can access, but they want to have the power because the power gives the, uh, you know, the forgotten spell uh, power, and that's that's where the major really fighting us. They want the power of the forgotten magic, and they want to create more spells. That's why every ten years they meet. And they discuss, so they're not. It's not really a lodge where they sit together, right? And right. drink a tea. They really only meet to get the power of the Black Rose every ten years, because the Black Rose is an intelligent artifact. So after every ten years, he gives out the power to somebody else.
0: Now, so we have the lodge, which we're you know we're we're kind of wandering around and exploring and blowing up these rooms. And then, of course, the Chrono expansion says that it's a dungeon. And then mm-hmm. we see that one of the punishment rooms is the door to hell. And then we have the Inferno expansion. Yeah. Like, how, how, what do you, where do you see the lodge going? Because it seems like the lodge is pretty expansive.
1: The lodge is a kind of a. It, it's kind of a reproduction of what should have been the school, right? Of where the mages should have been to study and discuss about stuff. So it's kind of a reproduction of the real lodge, and the door to hell of Chrono is uh, basically giving a hint on the Inferno expansion. So what ah, okay. happens when something really powerful exists? Obviously, someone gets, I mean, someone is attracted by power. And who is more attracted by power than Lucifer? Right. So Lucifer won the power of the Black Rose. So he's dragging everybody to hell. And that's the Inferno expansion uh, to fight to get the power of the Black Rose.
0: Now, are you, uh, where did the inspiration come to make the Inferno insp- expansion Dante's Inferno instead of sort of the, The traditional, you know, we've seen other games out there that are just like, here's hell, or here's demons. But you went very literary with that.
1: Yeah. well, I mean, we're Italians, right? So we studied (laughs) Dante's in school. (laughs) It's kind of part of my culture. For me, the (laughs) inferno is what Dante wrote in his book. Nice. Okay.
0: That's fair. (laughs) uh, And it it
1: started with the demonology school. But then uh, we shifted the demonology school with the demons of Japan, because we love. We love that culture as well. So uh, it's kind of started with the demonology and we said, wow, we should have an expansion where you really have demons from the, you know, Dante's. And this was my dream. And so when we started discussing about it and the Kickstarter was going super good, we kind of took back the idea that it was only a prototype and we decided to work on it.
0: Oh, okay, that's I mean, I kudos. I um I have to say I was I you know, I I didn't go into the comments because sometimes Kickstarter comments and whatnot can get a little uh get a little negative, but I found it really amusing that there was complaints about the rooms still being in Italian. And I kind of <laughs> scratched my head because I was like, but it's Dante's Inferno. Like, why wouldn't you leave the room, senator Antonio? You oh, it can't was translate a, it was, that. It
1: was a discussion <laughs> that we had in Ludus as well, and we kind of agreed that we wanted to give the real flavor. That yeah. was the the Dante's Inferno. As like, why we should translating? It's a mess because it really changing. Some of the room translated didn't sound so good as they are in their, their original name. And when I made it the first time, I was speaking with the guys like, guys, the translation kind of sucks in English. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> they were like, yeah, we're thinking about keeping them in the in the Italian of the Dante. Because, you know, Italian comes out from Dante. Right. Okay. Uh, so that's the first Italian that we have. So it kind of sounds super epic when you read them.
0: Well, and I, I, look, I throw huge kudos and throw my support behind that completely. Because I think that's the right choice. And I'm glad to see that that's the way things went. So. In the end,
1: you need the effect. In the end, you need the effect, right? So the bottom stuff about the rooms is the effect. Right. Speaking about gameplay. So it's not really changing anything The name
0: right right so that goes on to sort of uh, some of the other questions that I got sent in um you were independent and one of the people asking actually seemed to seem to know this and now you're doing a lot of work with ludus magnus magnus now of course you you know no no hate no no other than that i'm sure everything is wonderful but what is it like to kind of come from i'm designing a game into the world of fitting your game into the direction of a company (laughs) it's art
1: (laughs) it's art (laughs) Uh, you know uh trying to trying to push your ideas into a commercial uh and it's like a cool thing it's not it's not easy. And uh, I I will be honest with you, me and the guys had a bunch of discussion about some uh, uh, design decision and I'm super happy that we met because some of their design decision were are ten times better than mine. And when I decided it was like okay, this I need to swallow because I think that they might be right. I don't agree, but they might be right, <laughs> and it's good, right? It was kind of a um, we were discussing about topics. So some some stuff I left it there from my original game. Some stuff we added later. To give you an example, the custom spells. I didn't want to add the custom spell at the beginning, and it turned out to be an amazing idea. So and it was the idea of Andrea, uh, one of the you know the one of the the uh, the Magnus guys. guys. Yeah. Yeah, one of the least smartest guys, you know, like, and he said, we need to add some customization to the mage. I was like, it's not balanced. Okay. So I, it was a challenge as game design challenge for me, because for me, the game needs to be balanced. And I had this in my mind because I'm an engineer, unfortunately. And for me, <laughs> it needs to be balanced because if it's working and it's not balanced, it's not cool. It's a competitive game. So everything needs to feel balanced.
0: Yep. Yep. So okay, so you're starting to touch on a really interest, another interesting part of the game, and I I I so want to hear your thoughts about this. In Black Rose War, there is area control. There's miniatures on the board, right? Which which I, I can't, you know, when you started designing it, I got to imagine was was somewhat new combining. Miniatures, you know, we didn't have Simon out rolling, you know, eight years ago with everything except for the very beginning of their games. So, miniatures on a board game was very different. And then you have this deck construction as well. What Mm -hmm. inspired you to pull all those different aspects together and not just go, you know, with one of them or, you know, to do the combination?
1: So when I started, like I want to make a competitive game, right? And I love miniatures and I love area control, and I'm coming a lot from the role-playing world. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it's like, but how do I make this guy competing each other? What mechanics should I use? And I was like, I don't want dice. I hate dice. I'm super. I'm unlucky. I'm an unlucky (laughs) person. (laughs) I don't want to throw (laughs) dice because it's gonna end up bad. And I I hate when uh, the luck comes in the way, right? right. Uh, and uh, um, as I said, I want a card game because I love card games and I want deck building games because I love when you start building something that then start flowing. It didn't end up like a real deck building game, Black Rose, but I would say that it's a hand building game because you build your hand and you kind of need to construct your deck, you know, every turn differently but that's that's what I love at the end it ended up not like totally I wanted to do uh, but it ended up like something that is like you really need to focus on your board looking at what you have in your hand because everything that you have in your hand really affects what's happening on the board
0: I, I absolutely and that's that's amazing so it's really it really just came down to your taste in games just came together yeah. into this oh wow so yeah. I, Did you do any—so traditional deck builders, you draw your new cards, and they tend to go in the discard pile. So you don't get your choices right away. Was that ever part of the— did you ever play test that or try that? Because
1: Obviously, right? It started like that. Because you start with the ideas that are already
0: tested in the work. And then you were like, <laughs> so this like, sucks. I want my cards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like,
1: why should I choose the cards and play them? <laughs> I don't know when. It's like I want to play them now because when you, I mean, I got this feeling, and I see the players have this feeling that when you look at the cards during the study phase, you want them and you feel excited. It's like, oh, look at this card! I want it now, and and it kind of sucked. So it was at the early stage of the game that I decided that cards come directly into the hand.
0: Well, and it's, I think it's one of the things that I have seen commented on most. Not so much by new players coming in, but when a new player comes into the game, everybody else who's a deck builder person, that's one of the things they point out. Okay, this is like a deck builder, but you're going to get your card right away. <laughs> I was like, what? Really? I was like, yes. Yes. It's kind of like,
1: I'm cheating. Now you're not cheating because everybody's doing the same, so it's okay.
0: Right. So what kind of easter eggs did you hide in Black Rose Wars that oh, uh, we should we should watch out for?
1: There's <laughs> a bunch. I'm a Magic player. I was a Magic player. <laughs> magic the Gathering player, right? So you can find a you can start searching for Magic the Gathering reference and uh, in the um, in the stretch goals, you will find a bunch of those. I would say keep an eye for the Bard School. Okay. There is a bunch of music-related stuff in the Bard School. Uh, there is a bunch of, uh, you know, well, obviously the school of the trickery school. There is a bunch of Disney-related stuff. <laughs> so just keep an eye for this stuff because it's, it, it's, it's everywhere. It's literally spread everywhere. I I will start I will
0: actually start watching for that actually
1: so it's mostly in the stretch goals that we kind of released a little bit the beast
0: so in the stretch goals are coming they look really uh, you know I've seen all the teasers coming through the Kickstarter Uh, they look very exciting what's next Uh, are we like what are you working on now either for Black Rose War or elsewhere on you know the future.
1: So I, I come. To, well, I'm kind of working with the guys with the, on the stretch goal part. You know, reviewing all the material with all the translations to try to make everything uh, as best as possible. Right, uh, It kind of. Go a little bit too much with all the translation that we had. Some of the translation we are double checking to understand if really the translations are correct. Uh, that's what I'm doing now right now for Black Rose Wars, and uh, but I'm working on another game so as well. So. Okay. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Now is this a game that's going to come through LMS uh, Ludus Magnus as well or is this another uh, uh, another indie game that you're going to you're going to bring out and surprise us with, you know, from uh, I don't
1: know. I hopefully I'm going to work with the guys again because we love to work with each other and uh, the result is I mean <laughs> the result is like crossworks, right? Yeah, well, so and that's and been fantastic. Good- it's, it's much more my expectation, much more their expectation. I mean, we really did a great job. It's like we run a 20, we throw a 20 with the dice, you know, everybody <laughs> working on the game. And uh, it's great. All the choices kind of mesh together and, you know, merged in a good product. So I would love to work with the guys again, uh, but it's still in a really early prototype. Right. It's a it's a that it's a competitive dungeon crawler that's what I wanted to do. I had this in my mind for so many years. So I'm kind of working on the idea.
0: So do you find I mean for the other aspiring game developers out there, did you mm-hmm. find that once you once you stepped up and started designing your game, it's gotten easier and more ideas have sort of flown?
1: It's not about the ideas, it's more about how structured you are producing what you need to make the game. Uh, Because when you start, you don't have tools, you don't know what to do because you're not, I mean, (laughs) besides from some exceptions, you don't have the tools, Uh, I mean, just the simple uh, creating the cards or uh, from time to time make it you know see the designers that are coming with pen and paper and uh, that's something that I always discuss with some of the designers that work together with me is like how can you make people play your game if it's super ugly even if it's a prototype (laughs) you know (laughs) Would you sit at <laughs> a table with white, black, and white paper with handwritten thing that you cannot read? No, you cannot. I invested money in Black Rose Wars in the early stage. I had real miniatures designed by a 3D sculpture. They were not the best, but I had them. I had. Uh, I spent money. So, if you want to get the payback, um, I would say that you need to invest something, which is either your time in a positive way. So, not investing your time. Uh, just doing, but learning. Right. Uh, that's, what, that's what I did in Black clothes Wars. I learned how to use Photoshop, Illustrator. I learned how to organize my things, because every time I was doing a review, how to collect the feedback in a structured way, how to modify the game quickie, uh, quicker, because when you get a feedback, you cannot wait... Uh, uh, Ten release to apply that uh, that thing. You need to apply it straight away. So you need to be fast and get the new rule immediately on. And that I would suggest to the to the guys just I mean stick with ideas. But once you stick with ideas, make them work. Because don't keep adding ideas Uh, because it's at some point you got the idea and it's super easy to have new ideas because ideas are for free. You can have them, you know, in every moment of your day. But I I mean, having the ideas is the easy part. Working on your ideas is the hard job and it's like looking at the Excel spreadsheet with all the list of spells, with the, you know all the scales and looking at my tables to try to balance the school. You yeah, need to remove one damage here. This spell is not so strong. I need to add some more instability here. Uh, it's like, it's what I did for hours and hours looking at the screen oh and thinking God. about how to improve uh, because I wanted my game to be balanced because I hate competitive game not balanced.
0: And see, in seeing that, we just learned a lot about you because, like you said, you sat in front of Excel, so you are clearly an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. And that's the easiest tool to use to
1: make this game, right? Excel, Photoshop, Illustrator, and then InDesign mm. at some point.
0: <laughs> oh, my. So what are your uh, – like there's a phrase out there about uh, sacrificing your sacred cows, right? Or, uh, or you know, letting letting your babies go. Like what what was – what was in Black Rose Wars that was a favorite mechanic or a favorite piece for you that you had to let go to improve the game?
1: So there is two things. Uh, well, actually three, because one is not mechanic, but I'm gonna mention it to you because it's cool. It's a cool story. Uh-huh. Uh, so the mechanic that I needed to give away uh, was like, uh, I mean, the mages were attached to a school. And they couldn't choose any other school. And this ah. was a huge discussion. I needed to give it away. And I because they said it's lame if uh, Jafar cannot pick from destruction at the start of the game. And I didn't like that. But I give it away. And it was super hard for me. <laughs> you know, that, that was one of the hardest parts. Because it's like Jafar is divination. End of the story. <laughs> so... And if you check the manual, his favorite school is Divination. And that's what I suggest, because that's what I play tested the most. So I know that his stats with his custom spells works uh, in that thing. You know, it's... Uh, yep, yep. That's what it, uh, the other thing that I give away was Chrono, because it was like... Uh, and, and sorry, not Chrono, really, but it was like the single player mode. Uh, I know that a lot of people have single players game... I don't like it. I didn't like it at the beginning. And then I needed to start working on it because uh, we had a lot of requests from the bakers. And I really started working on that when we started the Kickstarter. And uh, I worked solely on that stuff like crazy to make it work. And I played it a lot of times. And it's it's a different game. So the single player of Black Rose is not Black Rose, I say. It's a different game. (laughs) <laughs> it's not that you're playing Black Rose, I guess, the Black Rose. Okay. You're playing Black Rose, it's very different game because I'm not really a single-player person uh, with the board games, so I kind of did something. I mean, I had a bunch of playtesters that loved it. It's amazing because it's completely different from the base game. I was like, I don't know if it's amazing, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> but but I'm, not, I'm not really the best person which a single-player. And the third thing, which is... Uh, it's design related, okay. Uh, Nero was a demon in my game, and it became a human. I mean, unfortunately. Oh, <laughs> so, wow! It was a huge demon that <laughs> came from hell with his destruction school, and I, I, I was so sad when I needed to give that away. I was super sad. It's probably the thing that I suffered the most.
0: Now, when you when you play, do you have your custom Nero model that you pull out on the table? <laughs> but no, because I love
1: I love Divination and Divination is my favorite school. Uh because oh, so you uh, have Jafar Jafar. <laughs> yeah. Because it, I for me the divination the divination may sound like lame, but for me it's one of the most powerful because you foresee the future. So for me it's the most arrogant person is in the world. It's like I know that. I already seen that. I know what you're doing. I've seen that. <laughs> it's kinda knows everything,
0: right? Nice, nice. So, wow, that's amazing. That's so mm-hmm. I so I, I the solo is coming in the stretch goals, I think.
1: Yes, it's coming in the stretch goal together with everything else. What? Also with the uh, with the um, different, uh, you know, scenarios.
0: So how do you even like I and you said it was it was tough because it wasn't to your style. How do you even start that? Start down that road of this is a game that plays best at three and more players. I'm yep. going to strip out all the players and let somebody just play alone. Like uh, I started, like uh, okay, uh, what does the
1: player that wants to play this game? Uh, is trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what is his objective of playing it solo? So he loves the fighting, he loves destroying, and he loves uh, that it's hard. So the single player is hard. And uh, it's kind of sprawling monster continuously, and it's kind of a rush to the win. So I make it uh, like a rush. It can be played in in 40 minutes, you know, like 30, 40 minutes, a single player game. But you need to rush. And you need... I, it's like of chess. You cannot, you cannot make anything wrong because you have the infinite time to think about your strategy. There is no time, right? But it's like at some point you have your cards. It's like, okay, I need to make as much points as possible out of each turn. Which is kind of the same as the competitive one, but you you can calculate everything because it's nothing. Uh, I mean, because the event happens in in the beginning, so as soon as it happens, your turn. There will not be any surprise in the middle of the turn. So it's really a calculation thing, and it's really you know you need to calculate every, each step to achieve as much point as possible.
0: Right. Right. That's uh, that's interesting. I, I can't even, I can't even wrap my head around the difficulty of trying to change a game in that way. Um, but I've seen it too. Like almost every game out there, in the ones that hit the top of the charts, have some sort of single player mode in them. These it was days, hard.
1: it was probably the hardest part that I did for Black Rose Wars. To be honest, doing all the schools was not so hard.
0: So, so now let me ask you this, because you mentioned it, and, and I think I I think I will warm your heart. How often do you see people, going back to your comment about uh, having to give up a mage was locked into their first choice in their school, how often do you, uh, do you see people actually play that way? A bunch.
1: Because it's the easiest <laughs> thing. Because most, of, most of the game are like that. You need to do a strategy. You need to do, you, you follow something and the game is rewarding you for that. Because, I mean, somebody told me like, this is strange because this game looks an American game, but it plays like a German. And it's yes. like, yeah, it kind of, but the, the American part of it is the strategy. Is that yeah? You can really follow an idea, but if you don't change your mind each turn based on what
0: happens, you're gonna lose. So I will tell you, we um, I get regular questions when new people start, and they're all you know they always say, "Oh, well, do I pick a mage?" And one mage is tied to a school, and inevitably our answer is, "Well, we don't have to do it that way, but that's the way we do it." So who do you want? Like, it's not which model do you want and then pick another school. It's, oh, you want to be a necromancer? Oh, perfect. You get Rebecca. <laughs> which is which makes sense because, I, I mean,
1: this is perfectly balanced, right? But, I mean, if during the game the necromancer at the second turn sees that the guys with Divination is super good with altars, and he might say, well, you know what? Playing with altars is not so bad. So I can take the advantage of this player's game.
0: Right. Well, and we do have that a lot, right? I think everybody realizes they can pick up other schools of magic. And we yeah. see that when uh, when we added Medusa. We played a long time with just the base box and the five and six player expansion. So, you know, adding in consp- um, the conspiracy mages, Cassandra and, um, and uh, Marco. Yeah. Um, now, I noticed Jafar is your favorite. You didn't go with your namesake.
1: <laughs> no, because uh, Marco Marco was kind of a Easter egg from Ludus Magnus. I was not expecting that. They oh, okay. didn't really told they really told me when it was already on the Kickstarter page. <laughs> it's like you know what we put a name. We put a mage with your name. What?
0: <laughs> so, but um, but yeah. So the first time we added um, the first time we added Medusa and swapped in Myth. Everybody, it was everybody was like, I'll take two from my school and two from Myth. Two from myth, yes. two from myth. Yeah, just because to learn you want to know school. how it
1: works. Yes, because you want to know how it works. And if you, with the 17 schools that are coming, you know, overall with the stretch goals, imagine <laughs> Everybody, everything is different. And they have different mechanics as well, not only new spells. Well, that was going to be my next
0: question for you. So mm-hmm. you've had the chance through playtesting and design to play games that don't have any of the core schools of magic in them. How does that like? What does the game look like at that point? Does it is is it <laughs> yeah. like what what are the what are the big things to look forward to for the people that have uh, the game? It really
1: depends on the school that are you play. So it's like uh, you. The thing in Black Rose Wars that you need to know what's happening inside the schools to decide if you need to pick from them to take advantage of the current situation. So when you play when you play with random schools, like people does what you said. It's like they kind of try to stick with the strategy and then they see if it works. And in the meantime, they pick something else from another school that have their flavor. Uh, I'm gonna tell you necromancy for uh, sorry not necromancy, chronomancy. Uh-huh. You know, for instance, yeah. Colonel Mancy, uh, when you explain it, it's like, yeah, it's a school that have a special card that you can play from your hand, so you don't need to cast it. Uh, and this, I was like, what? I can do that. <laughs> I was like, yes, and it's kind of a pay school so it's like uh, everything that you do people needs to pay you in points if they want to do stuff because you're banned you will ban their future i was like okay i love this school and then there's also demonology yeah but you know with demonology you can summon really awesome beasts with really special power you don't have too much combat but you summon a lot of creatures like okay that sounds interesting as well so like, it really depends on what you want to do so each game if you start mixing the school it's completely different than the other
0: Nice, that's exciting. I uh, I am definitely looking forward to that. So I know I know we've been talking for about an hour now. Um, I, you have Essen coming up, like the the yep. big big daddy monster of all game conventions. Yeah. So, uh, did I read correctly? You're going to be uh, playing the Grandmaster of the Lodge and uh, facing down opponents during the weekend.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna explain the game like I always do because I love explaining Black Frost Wars. Probably because I have a tape in my head that I just press play, <laughs> and it goes through. But uh, yeah, no, I'm gonna be there the entire time, and uh, I'm gonna sit with the game with the guys and play, or just sit and explain the game nice. if the table is full. And we're gonna pull up uh, Inferno. In uh, Essen, and we have we will have all the miniatures from the stretch goals, so people can come and see. And uh, I'm trying to understand if we're able to print some of the schools because I want to pull out some of the schools from the oh, stretch wow. goals as well. Yeah.
0: Now, are there any other? Do you guys get over to any of the U.S. or any other conventions during the year, or is it uh, is Essen sort of the big one for you? So, so, uh, as any sort of a
1: big one, I don't know if the Ludus is planning to go to NA. There was always a discussion because the guys have the huge market in NA, so they really want to come, but they're really making their, you know. Their finance. <laughs> right. On if it's I, I don't. I'm not in that level. Uh, I would love to be there, to be honest, because <laughs> it's amazing to meet the players from NA. Uh, because I have a lot of people pinging me and asking for questions, and I love to reply
0: about questions about the game. So. So if people want to kind of get a hold of you, you're on Board Game Geek, right?
1: I'm. Yeah. I go. I go there at least once a month. <clears throat> To try to reply to all the questions and update the fuck, but I'm if you uh, needs a quick answer. Facebook is also very good. the The page on Facebook it's super active. There's a bunch of people now replying for me, so I don't even need to reply because people is getting used with the rules. Uh, yeah, that's the easiest part to reach me is right on Facebook.
0: That's great. So what would you like to, to leave our listener with? Like if, if there's one thing you want them to remember as they go into their next game of Black Rose War or even just go into their next game in general, what would you leave them with?
1: So I would suggest them that, uh, well, first, uh, they need to enjoy the competition, right? So they need to sit at the table, uh, thinking that they're going to die a lot, or they're going to kill a lot, and they're going to destroy a lot. So it's, And everything is exaggerated. So I you know, I want, I wanted them, and I would end up to remember that every time I made a spell, and the spell sucked, I changed it. I wanted all the spells in Black Rose Wars to be... Wow, effects! So it's like, why should I make lame spells? They're archmages so <laughs> so they need to be. They need to feel empowered by that. They need to feel arrogant because it's a game about arrogance. Because you're better than the other players. <laughs> That's super important. And the other point that I want to tell them is like. Uh, uh, Leave the strategy of the game and uh, uh, leave the changes that happen. So the Black Rose changing the game, the players that are better in some strategy, and uh, leave the moment. Don't try to stick with something, and you will enjoy the game ten, 10 times more than you are. You already enjoyed probably.
0: Awesome, Marco. Thank you so much for taking the time and thank you for uh, for chatting with us. Thanks a lot, so. William.
1: It was a pleasure to talk with you, and uh, well, enjoy your next game of Black Rose.
0: Oh, I am sure I will. I am sure I will. (laughs) Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Bye. Ciao, everyone. Ciao. Ciao.
0: And that brings us to the end of Gamer's Lounge 158. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you uh, did enjoy it and you found it was uh, something you like listening to and you want to recommend uh, to your friends, your enemies, your uh, compatriots, your associates, uh, or just the general public, uh, please share, uh, you know, please share the address. So gamerslounge.coda.net. I can be reached email-wise if you want to send some comments, questions, uh, anything else like that. I can be reached at bill at gamerslounge.coda.net. Also, we're on Facebook. So gamerslounge, and it's the sexy microphone. Um, I, not a lot of, not a lot of chat there, but good way to get some updates on what's going on with the podcast. Uh, in addition, we have a board game geek, uh, group, so you can find us there. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google play. We're on, uh, as many different places I can get on iTunes. Uh, please leave some feedback wherever you do listen to us. It helps other people find us and, you know been running for a long time uh, we are definitely still dedicated to the one listener and we want that one listener uh, to grow and kind of get the word out so with that said i am going to sign off here thank you again for listening and i am aiming to uh, get things back on track and regular so uh, we should be good to go thanks a lot and good night (laughs)